Listener production. In today's edition of Footy Talk, Jay-Z Clark joins us and we look at last night's big win by the Western Bulldogs and where does that leave the Bombers in this season. We take a look to the big game between Port Adelaide and Collingwood and the war of words between Ken Hinckley and the Pies. And does Brody Grundy stay a demon? We'll find out next on Footy Talk. That's Footy Talk on this Saturday, round 19, cranking up. And, of course, here with Jay-Z Clark, as we are every Saturday morning. Hello, Jay-Z. Good morning, Joey. Wasn't it a really eventful night of footy last night? Friday night footy, Essendon and the Western Bulldogs. The Dogs, two good 41-point winners. Essendon started like a house on fire but weren't able to sustain it. And it was led, how many times have we said this, by Marcus Bontempelli and Tom Liberatore. They were phenomenal, single-handedly ripped the game away from the Bombers. Yeah, exactly right, Joey. I mean, um, I come here this morning and think, what am I going to say new that's different about Marcus Bontempelli? Because he is um, an incredible player. And Tom Liberatore is probably someone who doesn't get the same um, accolades. Like, we talk a lot about Patrick Cripps and... Um, oh, Petrarca. Petrarca, Dangerfield. Like, is he on that – is his impact on games, has it been consistently at that level without some of the fanfare that some of these other guys get? Like, I just sort of think that um, – has have we underrated Tom Liberatore over the journey? Oh, I don't think so. I think we know what he is and we lord what he does really well. Yep. And that's shovel the ball out from places where there's bodies everywhere mm. and he flicks it to the outside. I think we – appreciate his importance yep. rather than necessarily his brilliance. Yep. But he's been consistently so good this year. I think numbers-wise, it's almost one of his best years going back a long, long time. For a guy that's now turned 30, yep. um, he's playing some terrific football and, and he was inspirational after quarter time, winning winning all the clearances and, and contested ball and getting it to the runners on the outside. Smashed them in the clearance, in the contest. This was really as one. So after quarter time, this was as one side of the game as you get, I felt like, in, in the midfield. They really uh, punished them in there, um, the the dogs over the Bombers last night. So on some Friday nights, you jump up out of your couch, Joey. Fair to say last night, I remained within the comfort of my leather couch. So um, it was an important win for the Western Bulldogs. I found their, their, their structure really interesting. He went for Buku Karmas Luke Beveridge over Rory Lobb, and you'd expect Rory Lobb to be trying to get back into that team after the um, – after the trade from Fremantle. And the other really intriguing point was Bailey Smith, who again played a fair bit forward after after quarter time. And uh, I think he did some really good team things. You know, I think we talk about his brilliance, as you said, and his running power. But I thought there were some tackles last night and he rolled his sleeves up, Bailey Smith. Yeah, he did. His investment was there. And I still think the half-forward role is his perfect spot. I mean, a guy with his running power, get up the ground, get involved, but then get back inside 50 to yep. be able to apply some forward 50 pressure, and win some ground balls, which has been an issue for the Dogs. And I liked yep. it last night. Waitman had intent yep. to win ground ball and get up. Bailey Smith, Riley West. So I think that was his mix. As you said, he was terrific with all the tackles, but he still won his fair share of ball. Um, but the story I suppose to now is, as you touched on, the Bulldogs look like they will play finals. And yep. that's that almost alleviates that story of the of what if, if mm-hmm. they don't play finals with this list and the heat that might have come on the footy club. Because you look at their, their next five games, the Giants in Ballarat, Richmond, Hawthorne, West Coast, and then Geelong. They probably only need to win two of those games to mm-hmm. uh, be right in the mix to probably almost assure them of a final spot. So they will do that. They deserve to play finals. The question is, you know, are they a bottom four, like bottom half of the eight team, or should they be pushing for the 
the top four. But as of right now, they're only one game out of the top four again. Yep. You know, depending on what happens with Melbourne. So that's fascinating. But uh, Essendon now, after all the promise and the shine early in the year with Brad Scott, where do you think it leaves them? Because as of right now, they're outside the eight. They're in ninth spot. With a couple of teams with some winnable games, by the end of the weekend, they could be as low as about 11th yeah. or 12th. I think probably Essendon would say the past fortnight is a truer indication of where they're really at. We've loved some of their big wins um, this year and the win over Adelaide at Marvel Stadium with that thumping first half. We got excited, but I mean, they were absolutely demolished by Geelong last week. And I mean, I tipped the Bulldogs last night and fully expected them um, to win. I thought it was, it was some mismatch, a mismatch, not only in the midfield, but... You look at Norton v uh, and Eugle Hagen versus some of the Essendon defenders. They're, they're not quite up to that. So, um, oh, look, at the start of the season, I thought um, Essendon was probably a 9, 10, 11, 12 team, and it, and it looks like that's where they could potentially finish. I think, you know, if, if they can catch fire late, they can still go um, – they can still make September, but – um, I think this is probably what they would say where they're where they're truly at. Some of that they did look flat last night. I mean, I agree with Brad Scott's assessment there. There was a seemed to be a fatigue factor, you know, and it is getting late in the season. We've talked about these young midfielders. So whilst um, they've got a strong development focus at training, you know, did did they were they tired last night? It, it did look like. Do you think? And can you get to that point late in the season where the fatigue for a young team? can start yeah, to take hold. Yeah, it is It is genuine yeah. um, that you can. It was interesting, though. I did hear those comments and then was curious to have a look at the list to see, well, who are the young players that he was talking about? And yep. they're not really as young as I thought. Like, Caldwell's yep. played over 50 games. Mm-hmm. Archie Perkins, only in his third year, but still played over 50 games. Hobbs, yes, the young player. Nick yep. Cox came in, and rightly so. He's going to be fatigued. But it's not like they're stacked with a lot of youngsters where you go, I get it. You know, a bit like, say, compared to St Kilda's forward line that have got five teenagers that, that are struggling. It was, it was still, you know, we're talking about, you know, Mar- um, Parrish and Merritt and Caldwell yeah. and um, some other guys. So, um, yeah, look, it's it, it's, it's it is understandable. You're a hold on that. A little bit, yeah, <laughs> I did. I did have a look and thought, who are the young players mm-hmm. that played? Um, Sam Durham, you can still class as a youngster. Yep. But there's not heaps in there, you yep. know, not like they've got first and second year players in their team. So, um, look, they've. I think where they're at, they found their level. You know, that's yep. where they're probably at today. If they'd have made finals, a bit like St Kilda, if they make it, you say that's a that's a bloody good achievement yep. this year, considering where they're at with their list in the development. But if they don't, yep. it's probably not. Mm. You know, not the worst. But fans are starting to get issue. They would have loved to have seen a final, and it looks like it's probably unlikely. Um, I want to ask you, Nick Cox is one of the most interesting players, types of players in the game for me. He's a tall. Excuse my voice. He is a tall outside running somewhat versatile, but he's got a – doesn't he have to build his contested game too? Can he exist on the outside of a contest for his whole AFL career? It's a good question because it's a fascinating one with these players that have all these unique attributes. There's, yep. a, there's a kid at the Gold Coast Suns, Mac Andrew, who was a bit the same. Draft time, everyone's saying these 200 centimetres can run like the wind, has got some really good traits as a midfielder, but what's their spot going to be at AFL level? Mm. Are they always going to be a, a bit of a bit part or can they cement one spot? Look, I don't mind having someone on your list like Nick Cox that can play anywhere. Mm-hmm. We've seen how Geelong have used Mark Blitzarfs. Yes. You can have one player that he's not going to be the, you know, 30 possessions every week, that type, but having someone that's that you can manipulate and move and, and have an important piece of your side, depending on what you need. So at the moment, I don't mind him playing on a wing. Yep. I think that probably suits. Drift forward. Drift back to support the defence. 
Um, good to see him back in the side. They've got some young talent we still haven't seen. Zach Reed's a name we yep. keep throwing up. Harry Jones. Yep. Young Sardis is getting Sardis. good numbers at the top five draft pick in the twos. Sardis is the one for So me. there's still a bit there. Um, yep. We just haven't seen enough of them this year, but yep. they continue to develop and are on the right track. One of the, the difference, the point of difference between Blitzarves and I think Luke Jackson is they beeline the ball and absolutely put their body over it and are fiercely um, courageous on the inside, I think. I would jump out of Luke Jackson's way so fast it's not funny, right? But – with Mac Andrew and, and uh, in particular Nick Cox, I think he's going to be a really interesting watch because he can look amazing at times, but can is he a 200-game finals player? Is he a 200-game finals player? That's a, yeah, that's a question. You mentioned the Saints of Four. I'm going to ask you about them uh, in a second because that has been an interesting sort of uh, trade-off this week between your man Nick Rewalt and uh, Brett Ratton. And a big blow for Essendon. Ridley looks like he'll probably miss a fair few weeks. That looked like a tall, quad. Uh, quad, a quad injury, which is probably a three- to four-week, particularly <clears throat> on your right leg, your kicking leg. you yep. probably have to give it an extra week. If you're left, you can probably get away with a couple of weeks, but it might be... A tad longer. Hey, we will get into all the other games. There's some massive games coming up. Geelong, Mm. Brisbane, Port Adelaide, Collingwood. There's plenty more. So we'll get stuck into that straight after this. You're listening to Footy Talk. You're listening on the Apple Podcast or Spotify. Please leave us a review. Of course, there are new episodes every day at lunchtime. Listening to Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, you can hit us up on Instagram or on TikTok. Jay Z, let's get into the big games mm-hmm. of the weekend. Let's quickly go to Brisbane and Geelong, the yep. Twilight game this afternoon at the Gabba. Uh, it's, gee, it's Geelong have got a pretty good record against Brisbane. Brisbane back at home, very rarely lose. Where do you see the Cats? Where do yep. you see this one? Yeah, I think it's a fascinating test. So I think the big one, the big issue for the Cats at the moment is that their defence is better without Asava Radagalea. The start of the season, he was a pretty central piece, and Chris Scott was very supportive. He played well early in the season, but I think in this, you know, he he, he um, hasn't been his great form throughout the mid part of the year, and now he's out of the team. And over the past couple of weeks, or certainly last week, the Cats have looked really good. So I think this will be a fascinating test case of that up against Joe Danaher and Eric Hipwood and Jackie Gunston um, against this quite potent um, Brisbane forward line at a place where they kick a lot of goals. So for mine, it's all eyes on the Cats' defence, whether Asava can get back in, because if he can't, then I think he can stamp his papers to Port Adelaide. What do you, how do you see it? Uh, I think it's fascinating. I'm giving Geelong a bit of a sneaky chance. I just think that they might just be starting to really hit their straps Red and just gear up for this one. I mean, Dangerfield and Atkins are back to their you know com- combative best in the midfield. Their mm. forward line has always been solid. We haven't seen the best of Jeremy Cameron for a while. No, it's true. a bit of an if about him, if he can find that form of the start of the year. And I, I like their defence. I mean, this is their this is their premiership yep. defence that have been back in order. They've been waiting to get them all playing together and some continuity and that cohesiveness that I've spoken about for a lot of the year seems to be back over the last few weeks. So that's the missing piece for the Cats. Mm-hmm. Brisbane should get the job done if they're serious and they want to be taken as a real premiership threat this year. But I'm looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. As I am the game at the Adelaide Oval, Collingwood yep. and Port Adelaide. A bit of... By play between particularly Ken Hinckley, just yep. sort of using a bit of Braden Maynard's sort of off-the-cuff comment that <laughs> we're on top of the ladder, they better bring their best, and Kenny's found a little angle to use to fire up his side. I love that from Braden Maynard. We're in good form, Port. They're going to have to bring their best. And as you said, Kenny Hinckley responded. Let's take a listen, Rooney. And we're playing the best team in the competition by their admission. Uh-huh. They are the best team in the competition. They've, they've said that themselves publicly. Um, you know, July's a good time to be ranked one. They're very clear on their description of themselves, Collingwood, and they, they rightly own that description. We wish them all the best. We just hope we beat them.
Love it. I love it. Good on Kenny. Just finding a little angle. That's what yes. coaches do. The old newspaper article or yes. comment on radio. They find something and yes. just adding a bit more spice to this top of the table clash. Are we going to see Port Adelaide make it a hard day at the office for Nick Dacos? I know we talk about him a lot, but surely this top team in this big game are going to make it more difficult for him. It was extraordinary the space he was given by Fremantle last week. In his first three minutes, Nick Dacos looked around. I watched him closely, and he thought to himself, you could see him actually say to himself, oh, my goodness, I'm going to absolutely fill my boots today. No one's going absolutely near me. Surely they turn the tables tonight on the young star. Well, I think Will and Drew should just play on him at stoppage, just try and limit his influence. But in general play, I think these other teams, they, they might just let him just play the team defence and let him do his thing. But I still think they should just keep a little bit of powder dry for finals. Oh. If got to, you've got to think big picture. Okay. I wouldn't expose my hand just yet. I'd definitely put work into him. That's part of your, your preparation for an oppo. But yep. I'd maybe save something for the finals. But um I think this is going to be a closer game than um, than maybe some people think. I really? think Port Adelaide will be fired up at home. Yep. They'll bounce back from last week. They get some personnel back. I think this will be a beauty. Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating. I think Port Adelaide at home. However, I mean, the, the wheels over the past couple of weeks, you know, they, they lost to Carlton last last weekend. just makes you think, oh, Port Adelaide, you know, can they maintain this brilliant form right throughout the whole way of the season? The by-play we mentioned before has been absolutely fantastic. How did you score... Look ahead to St Kilda versus North Melbourne on Sunday. How did you score the battle between Brett Ratton and your great mate Nick Rewalt this week? Well, first Speaking of all, of drama. Hey, yeah, first of all, you're going to try and make it a battle like there's some sort of rivalry <laughs> between Nick, Nick and, and Brett Ratton. No, Brett had a good little funny comment. I liked it. He just made yeah. it, you know, comment that Nick only went to the club for free physio. Um, all a bit of byplay. I mean, did he go to the club for free physio? Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Physio's expensive these days, Jay Z. And if you've got your uh, your man there that used to treat you for 15 years, it's okay to pop back in there. But um. Yeah, look, that's just a bit a bit of a, a byplay. I know some people are trying to make it that it's this rivalry because of Brett Ratton, and I'm sure it is for Brett. It's, it would be personal for him, and no doubt he's, yep. you know, we understand how he feels. But I don't think for the Kangaroos players or the St Kilda Football Club, there's much more in it than just Saints trying to find some form uh, mm. to keep their finals hopes alive and the Kangaroos just trying to play some really competitive football. The North Melbourne got some big outs uh, too. So you um, with Jack Siebel out to Georgie Wardlaw's a big one. Cameron Zerha probably the second most dangerous forward behind Nick Larkey. Higgins back for the Saints. You think that um, Liam Stocker omitted is, is interesting. You think the Saints get up um, get up in this one. I think what's real in terms of that Brett Ratton stuff is I think North Melbourne would love him to get the four points before he hands the baton back over to Clarko. I think that that is real, and he has an extended run at this without Clarko. I think he um, is one of footy's great people, uh, Brett Ratton, um, mm. and he is highly respected. Um, so I think that North Melbourne would love for him to taste victory, and he would be desperate for it to be in this game, I would think. So I think um, he would love that. Yeah, there's a bit of a storyline there, there isn't is. Okay, so what will be the storyline? Speaking of storylines, as we wrap up today's edition, we always like to look at what will be the Sunday or Monday paper, what will be the big story to come out of the weekend? He's gone and done it again. Can Max Gorn play the kind of incredible lead ruck uh, role um, uh, in Adelaide, again, keeping Brody Grundy on the sidelines, or can that can it be exposed? Can it can can the Crows try and level up or um, do something there which will change Simon Goodwin's mind on the Brody Grundy experiment? How long do you think he will spend in the VFL, Brody Grundy? It will be the biggest story in the run home, I think. The rest of the season. 
The yeah. whole way. Yeah. The whole way. You don't think he gets back for I the, don't think so. Don't not, think he gets not, back at all. Not from what we saw last week. And if they do anything similar the way they play, I don't know why they would bring bring him back in. I think that uh, Max Gorn has shown that he likes to play 80, 90% ruck. Yep. Van Royen has shown that for an undersized uh, forward, he's capable yep. of competing in the ruck. And I think they look much more flexible. They look more dynamic. Yep. I think they look better ahead of the ball. So yep. I can't see him getting back into the side. Um, so if he chance? does that, yep. if that's the case, then does Brodie Grundy stay at Melbourne next year? It depends on who you're asking from his point of view. If yep. I was him, yep. I would then consider maybe looking at another club to be the number one ruck. Yep. Yeah. And if you're Melbourne? Well, at Melbourne, you probably want to keep him. Yeah. He's a pretty handy player to have on your, have on your side that. as a backup or play during the season, all those sorts of things. So yep. there's two different arguments. Melbourne, you want to keep him. Yeah. If you're him, Brodie Grundy. Yep. A decision to make. So fascinating. He ain't playing VFL for the rest of the year and then staying next year. No way in the yep. world. Fair enough. I don't blame him. Um, hey, my big headline will be the Cats flex their muscles. Yes. The Cats just put the competition mm-hmm. on notice that they go to the Gabba, yep. they knock off Brisbane and put a shutter through the rest of the competition yep. that they are officially back. So we can't wait to see how that goes. Hey, remember, tomorrow we'll go around the grounds and analyse all the action. Super Saturday today, five massive games of footy. We will dissect them. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Listener.